Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And today's show is Remembering September the 11th, Perspectives 20 Years Later, with my guest, Mr. Art Shriyan Tiwari. Uh, I have a few questions to sort of set this up. So where were you on September the 11th? As we approach the 20-year anniversary of this tragic event in America, let us take a moment to explore its lessons and how September 11th has changed us. Um, to give you a little uh, bio on my guest today, Art Shriyan Tiwari, he is a director, writer, actor, filmmaker who loves storytelling, born and raised in India. Now he calls New York and New Jersey his home. He quit his successful corporate career to follow his passion and build a new career in the entertainment industry. He has worked in several short films and TV shows as an actor and starred as the lead in the beloved indie feature film Werewolf Ninja Philosopher, which had a theatrical release both in New York City and Chicago. As a screenwriter, his first, excuse me, his first, hold on, I'm, I'm lost within my saying, as a screenwriter, his first feature-length screenplay with co-writer Lopakazo Sandoval got optioned recently, and the project is in the early stages of pre-production. He's now working on his second feature-length screenplay, soon to be optioned. As a director, he recently directed his first screen project, Red Is My Color, that's in post-production currently. He also is working on creating three TV shows and a few films with various creative partners. He also runs the digital magazine, My New York Eye, and is the host of the podcast, Art Approved. After five years of his corporate break, he is back in the IT business consulting as an IT executive. He's also a full-time dad, the job he loves the most. In whatever time is left, he loves to eat and travel. I'm with you on all counts, Art. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, to, uh, invite me on. Well, you are so welcome. I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, Bill, I've been fantastic, fantastic, amazing guests. Really, thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction as well. And uh, this uh, particular uh, question that you raised earlier for the listeners as well, right? I feel like everybody has a 9-11 story. We remember that uh, moment. And I can tell you from somebody who was not in America, I was in India when uh, this had happened. And I still remember. Mm -hmm. I still remember when it happened. I was uh, taking a train to my grandfather's uh, funeral. 
he had just passed in the week before and uh, I was taking the train to my village and uh, suddenly there's like everybody started talking in the train mm-hmm. and I'm like you know in India like you know something happened something happened like what what happened is and people are like okay it's, it seems like in America you know and the terrorist uh, bombed a building or hit a building and something it was not very clear and by uh, in a couple hours of course it was it was all over it was uh, all over the news it was a uh, uh, repeatedly uh, playing everywhere, and it uh, it shook everyone to core, right? Even uh, India is a is a democracy, much newer than America, but uh, uh, you know uh, has had a fair share of problem uh, of terrorism coming from uh, a certain part of the world, uh, right? From uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan. I mean, I'm not talking about politics, but the fact there is a, a terrorist activity that India has been impacted with. And that was a that was a big news, and pretty hurtful to hear that happen, and you know, so many people losing their lives to this unfortunate uh, incident. Um, and then it became a thing of past and years to come. I was in India, and you know, uh, got my job and whatever finished engineering, got my job, came to United States in uh, uh, two thousand seven, and. Um, you know, I, I talk to friends and people and you have lived here uh, uh, many years. And, you know, there is like a pre-9-11 America and there's a post-9-11 America. A lot changed in, in the U.S. Uh, after 9-11, uh, mm-hmm. especially for somebody like me who may not have seen the pre, but the post experience of somebody who does not look like uh, uh, whatever somebody's definition might be of a traditional American or Westerner, right? Yeah. Uh, as in white-skinned. So, uh, and uh, and I've experienced uh, uh, the effect of being in post 9-11 America, which has reduced uh, in, in the years to come uh, and changed in many ways. But I remember, uh, you know, uh, coming here and, um, uh, you know, that, um, uh, you know, re- uh, racial profiling became a thing, you know, in uh, early 2001, uh, uh, thing got started called the Patriot Act. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, heard of that, which uh, enabled uh, law enforcement to, uh, you know, search people without warrants and such. And I have friends who experienced that firsthand, uh, you know, who offer people from India, people from uh, South Asia uh, who look Middle Eastern. And uh, there is no definition. If you're not white, then somehow you fit in that uh, different group. Uh, And, uh, you know, and this idea of feeling different and doing things different. And I came and I learned about that, that, okay, maybe I shouldn't grow my beard too much because, you know, it's okay to look Hispanic, but he don't want to look Middle Eastern. Right. Because uh, that might impact uh, uh, your air travel certain ways. And if you're taking a picture in some area, how it... uh, it might affect, uh, you know, and uh, things have gotten better, I guess, in some places. But it's it's a it's a thing that uh, you know that I did not realize when I was back in India. Right, I did not realize what the aftermath of uh, 9/11 was. That uh, uh, people uh, of color uh, continue to live. But on the other side, uh, I remember uh, in 2007 going the first time I visited New York and standing in front of the site of where the World Trade Center used to be, the rubble was still getting cleaned. And uh, and 
feeling that deep sinking feeling that you know a country like america because growing up again uh, you know i understand I'm, i'm an american now and i understand america differently than i did 20 years ago but uh, it was a sinking feeling seeing that site and uh, uh, you know the uh, the aftermath of that you know right, right in front of you that what what hatred can do to people uh and you know and 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 uh blind faith in some ideology or some not ideology just ideas i feel right. uh, can do and it's it's something that i have lived in new york since for over 10 years and i've seen these things and i used to, every year i used to go to 911 memorial on uh, you know the 10 year anniversary i was there and uh, i you know visitor since the memorial has been built and you know i lived in uh, and walked through there every uh, every day for work for a long time i saw the new uh, world trade center being built and as uh, and i i have a lot of respect for that as a symbol of our resilience and yeah. uh, and you know standing uh, up to it so there is there is you know a lot of emotions i think all of us feel around 911 which uh, deep uh, hurtful uh, experiences that uh, i and people like me have had to a uh, deep pride in what we accomplished uh, after to fight back and deep uh, sorrow for people who lost their life to this it's it's, it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag Yeah, I want I want to before we get too too far away from it um and and then I will come back and sort of share with you the answer to the question where I was when this took place but first I think it's very important that we uh again I think that a lot of times 9/11 just gets associated with this image of two planes hitting the World Trade Center and I think it's really important to dive into a little bit more of the details and actually what happened on that day so i went to pull some information so that we can sort of again create a context by which to look at at what really went down because the world trade center was a part of this story but um so this is brought to us from the history channel and it talks about the world trade center on september the 11th 2001 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda hijacked four planes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the United States. Two of the planes were flown into the twin towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. A third plane hit the Pentagon outside Washington D.C. and the fourth plane crashed in a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Almost 3000 people were, were killed during the 9/11 terrorist attacks which triggered major US initiatives to combat terrorism and define the presidency of George W Bush. Uh the Patriot Act as you mentioned just as a sidebar um all the, the creation of homeland security was the 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 first order there and and uh um so I want to go to the Pentagon attack and share about that. As millions watched the events unfolding in New York, American Airlines flight 77 circled over downtown Washington DC before crashing into the west side of the Pentagon military headquarters at 9:45 a.m. Jet fuel from the Boeing 757 caused a devastating inferno that led to the structural collapse of a portion of the giant concrete building. 
which is the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense. All told, 125 military personnel and civilians were killed in the Pentagon, along with all 64 passengers aboard the airliner. The Twin Towers then later collapsed, less than 15 minutes after, terror, after the terrorists struck the nerve center of the U.S. military, the horror in New York took a catastrophic turn when the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapsed in a massive cloud of dust and smoke. The structural steel of the skyscraper built to withstand winds in excess of 200 miles per hour and a large conventional fire could not withstand the tremendous heat generated by the burning jet fuel. At 10.30 a.m., the north building of the Twin Towers collapsed. Only six people in the World Trade Center towers at the time of their collapse survived. Almost 10,000 others were treated for injuries, many severe. The next portion of this is Flight 93. Meanwhile, a fourth California-bound plane, United Flight 93, was hijacked about 40 minutes after leaving Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey. Because the plane had been delayed in takeoff, uh, passengers on, the bo on board learned of events in New York and Washington via cell phone and air phone calls to the ground. Knowing that the aircraft was not returning to an airport as the hijackers claimed, a group of passengers and flight attendants planned an insurrection one of the passengers, Thomas Burnett Jr., told his wife over the phone, I know we're all going to die. There's three of us who are going to do something about it. I love you, honey. Another passenger, Todd Beamer, was heard saying, Are you guys ready? Let's roll over an open line. Sandy Bradshaw, a flight attendant, called her husband and explained, that she had slipped into a galley and was filling pitchers with boiling water. Her last words to him were, everyone's running to first class. I've got to go. Bye. The passengers fought the four hijackers and are suspected to have attacked the cockpit with a fire extinguisher. The plane then flipped over and sped toward the ground at upwards of 500 miles per hour, crashing in a rural field near Shanksville, in Western Pennsylvania at 10.10 a.m. Again, I just felt it was necessary because a lot of times our focus and, and the, the narrative over time starts to change and distort a bit and become simplified to just planes hitting the World Trade Center, they collapsed, and I think it's really, really important uh, for in order for us to pay the proper respect and uh, to the depth of that experience. I have some other stories that I will share here in a moment. But first, I would like to tell you, Art, where I was on 9-11 when this occurred. Uh, I was in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana at a hospital doing an acting job. They had hired about 12 actors to go in as uh, patients. We were playing patients. And they were doctors that were coming in, uh, fourth, fifth year, and sixth year med students uh, to diagnose us and, and all these sorts of things with hidden cameras in the room. So they thought that these were genuine patients and that we were really 
ill and we had been given, you know, been briefed on these conditions and the different symptoms and, and all these sorts of things. And so this was played out full out. Uh, and we were preparing for this day. These are normally eight hour days. And at some point during these, these examinations, a, bit, a buzzer goes off. And then all of a sudden I pull out a clipboard and these guys are like, you know, like on the spot, like, what did you do correctly? What did you do incorrectly? How was your patient care? How was your diagnosis? And, and all that sort of thing. This program was started to alleviate malpractice lawsuits because prior to a program like that, the only training that doctors would have engaging actual patients were actual real situations. And uh, people were really getting hurt and plenty of lawsuits were flying because misdiagnosis and these sorts of things. Anyway, we were preparing for a day of this and I had left the briefing room and I was heading to the bathroom to get changed into my clinic, my little smock thing, my patient gear, right? You basically disrobe and put this, this wrap on. As I was walking to the bathroom, I happened to glance at an at a open clinic that had glass windows. And I was looking at the television in that room and there was smoke billowing out of one of the uh, World Trade Center towers. Now I lived in New York for nine years, so I know this ground. I've been through that building a million times and I was looking at the screen, watching this, and as I'm watching it, I could not hear the audio because I wasn't in the room with the folks, so I don't know what, but the, I was just watching the video. And at the time that I was watching it, the second plane came in and hit the building. And I was, you know, I, I, I was just beside myself. I was in shock. And I remember instead of going to the bathroom, I ran back into the to the um, to our our meeting room. And I told the coordinator of this program, I said, there is a major event going on right now. And you might want to uh, come in here and take a look at this because I think it can disrupt what your plans are for this day, because certainly there would be doctors and student med students there who would have loved ones in New York City, have people that were in the World Trade Center or thereabouts, and this could just cause mayhem for the entire day. So I remember that so vividly um, when that went down. Um, I actually witnessed the second plane hit the building, and again, it felt like I was looking at a video game or some surreal activity, but it was real time, and uh, so that's where I was, and that was my experience of that part of the day. Um, so very, very heavy duty stuff. So we are ready for a break now. Art, it is a pleasure having you here with me today to have this discussion, sir. Um, and I think that your perspective certainly being that you were, you know, in, in India, being able to see that event taking place from afar and your observations regarding the brown skinned people, the people of, you know, Asia and, and how they all get, you know, because I too being my skin tone had me getting stopped in airports and everything else and put on suspicious lists that I was unaware of. And I'd get on a plane, get off the plane, was escorted to a room, you know, disrobed in some instances, all kind of wow. stuff going on, get back on a plane, the next stop, get harassed in the same way. So I totally get that, you know, 
Um, and it, it's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, that profiling uh, thing, um, it, it's really, really unfortunate. So we are ready for a break right now. And you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And we're talking about remembering September the 11th um, perspectives 20 years later with my guest, Art Sriantawari. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires with my guest today, Art Sriantawari. And I would like to share, um, first of all, this is a wonderful time on several different channels. Um, uh, out there are numerous programs and, and series that are taking place and that are uh, uh, they're commemorating this 20-year anniversary. And I've seen a number of these programs here recently. Most notably is a series that I caught on Hulu that is produced by National Geographic, and it's called 9-11, One Day in America. Very, very powerful, compelling pieces. And I saw and heard many, many detailed uh, and details about 9-11 and testimonies from folks that and footage that I had never seen before. And one of the things that I would like to share is, again, some of the stories from the first responders that were there 
Um, this this particular series, 9/11, One Day in America, actually op actually opens up with a statement from um, FDNY Battalion Chief uh, of the First Battalion in New York, uh, and Chief Pfeiffer said. Many people ask me what it was like that day. And I think what they're asking is, what was it like to be a part of history? And then I tell them my story. And I tell them there were signs of devastation everywhere. But there were also signs of hope. And at this extraordinary time in history, there were little moments of caring for another with the difference between life and death. That blew me away. I, I mean, just the idea of that you know what i mean just the idea that 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 is his story that's all he has to say about this he was um the first battalion chief on the scene he was actually like three three blocks away from world trade center when it hit um and i i just can't even imagine uh the experience of the, those folks who are having to deal with it i mean i was talking to someone earlier today art and i just said you know there's no fire ladder or truck that goes up that high. At some point, you may be looking at a thing and really going, I don't have anything for this. Do you, you, know, right. you know what I mean? There are bodies clinging to the outside of the building, people making these choices between whether they want to stay in the building and be burned alive or jump assuring death i mean but those kinds of choices being pitted in front of people are uh, I, it's hard to imagine it's hard to uh, imagine and and we uh, we are creatives uh, storytellers actors writers here and it's our job to imagine and empathize right in in some ways and i i have tried uh, there's certain stories that i would have tried like i i often think of uh, what you were saying the flight uh, uh, that that went down in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, the courage and motivation of people in in the flight to decide that you know if if it takes us down, if it takes us down, fine, but we're not going to let this go in any other direction. And uh, making that call, and you know. It just it just baffles me, uh, or, or you know, but the human courage and human spirit uh, on on both ends were, were were the people who conducted this horrible crime, uh, horrible uh, actions to people who uh, uh, suffered in its aftermath, to people who uh, took action to help people. Like you know, I've heard a lot of the stories. My wife. Uh, uh, was in New York. She used to live in New York, uh, uh, uptown at, at that time. Uh, she was in Columbia, and uh, and you know it was uh, it it was it was uh, felt 
uh, firsthand all the way in, in, in the entire city. People could see uh, uh, the smoke, the, you know, the, the effects of that. And then as I worked uh, there in downtown for many years, and then I came even after five, six years, there was buildings that still had broken glass and, uh, you know, and, and everything. And it took uh, almost a decade to clean, the, clean up the rubble. Uh, of of uh, it's it's baffling and uh, and I I also yeah, many times I thought of when I've st- stood uh, there uh, at the site uh, several times I always think of that like the people that were in that flight or in those flights and what was what would have been going through their mind uh, in that moment uh, but but people did step up I have. Uh, I attended um, the 10 year ceremony uh, in uh, 2011. I was in New York and uh, uh, the chief uh, was there uh, amongst many others. And I heard him speak myself. And uh, it's the, the remarkable uh, thing from that day was the people, how people stood together to for each other in, in New York, in America, and in the world uh, to some extent. And our our indomitable spirit to fight against evil and step, uh, you know, and a lot, a lot has happened and the world has changed. There's not just pre 9-11 and post 9-11 America, it's like pre 9-11 and post 9-11 world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, uh, and uh, when you were explaining about the event, uh, the day I was thinking about that, that it's been 20 years, uh, there's probably, many kids out there who might be just learning about this uh, this year, because, uh, you know, 20 year uh, will be a bigger marker and conversation because, you know, every year there is, but it just becomes just a passing marker right after that. Right. I mean, it becomes like hashtag never forget. And then we forget. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, no. And I, I, it, 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 I see people, uh, there at that memorial and taking selfies with this big grins on their face, and it angers me. And uh, I, you know that uh, like do you and and the people taking like you know whatever like uh, a new whatever they, what is this like the child announcement and all like this celebratory things and they're like this is a beautiful spot let me but and people forget that memorials are for us to remember what uh, took place. And maybe if, if not learn something from it, at least, uh, uh, you know, have some sympathy and empathy for what happened there. And it, it uh, should you have seen that in, in, in such places and it just angers me when people are there. It's like, you know, let me take a, a, you know, this jumping selfie for my Instagram page. And it's, you yeah. know, it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. It's it's so important because what we are speaking of in 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 these these kinds of spaces, are, um, is that they are sacred. It's 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 sacred ground. It is the burial of it. I, you know what I mean? It is it is that it is sacred ground. And I I think that uh, yeah, a lot of times we get sort of confused in how do we honor that properly um uh yeah it, it's even difficult to use words like anniversary because it feels by nature celebratory and right. 
it's it's not at all you know what i mean it, it's a tragic event so there's there's no call for the parties and happy anniversary there's nothing happy about these things you know right. so it becomes it becomes very very strained uh and how how we choose to uh honor honor these things but before we go too much further i, I want to give you your props um uh art because I don't know uh, if if many people know the, the the full story of me and a podcast, but I must say that uh, it was during uh, the George Floyd stuff and very early in in that in which you called um, our good friend, our mutual friend Lapacazo Sandoval, uh, reached out to me and said you wanted to do a show on. Um, racism and uh you know and and you you needed a subject you needed someone to speak with on that and she recommended me and i'm so grateful that she did because it was a result of doing your show and us uh you know speaking openly about that that was about a week later that i was contacted by another person that i know uh uh carla who is with the Inspired Choices Network. She had a show with this network and I did her show. And as a result of that, um, I wound up meeting and speaking with uh, the producer of her show and then eventually Christine McIver, the owner of the network. So that is um, that is the, the series of events. So I must say, and, and give you your props brother because uh that that really uh gave me a you know a bit of uh the confidence and the, the courage that i needed to say hey i can do this uh so that was the and, first podcast your um art uh art of the matter uh, or what it what, what is art it? approved art approved. art approved i will i will send uh, i will send the link and maybe uh, we can share that but uh, all, uh, to all listeners you should definitely check out it was uh it was a beautiful conversation and we talked for over an hour and, you know, I've known you for many years, even before that to our mutual friend, Pakuzo, and, you know, you're a very multi-talented man. Uh, but I've learned things about you that I did not know. And it was a very uh, dark time uh, in, in America, at least in my lifetime for the country that I chose uh, as my home. Mm. And uh, what happened uh, with uh, with some of those things last year was, I mean, and, and I've, I've uh, as a as a non-white man, I have I have experienced many of those experiences firsthand that I did not know about America, and that's uh, something I was saying that you know, growing up in another country, you have this image of America as this you know beacon of like you know this amazing place, and you see all these great movies and all the aliens attack America, and then the. <laughs> And, you know, people fight back and, uh, you know, win over and uh, everything. And, and you have the uh, this idea of American greatness and you have no idea of the darkness that this country is uh, built up upon and uh, the darkness that still persists uh, in, in, the, in the country, uh, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I've experienced that firsthand, but that was a very... Uh, a uh, very heart, heartful moment for all of us. And uh, and I was fortunate to have you, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, on the podcast. And I was trying to talk to certain, uh, you know, people that I know in my circle and have this firsthand conversation 
because yeah. uh, you know I, I may be a non-white man, but I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not a black uh, man, and I do not have to share the same experience. I was not born and raised here as a black man, and this is. But I do want to understand, and with our podcast and these platforms that we have, we have some voice, and the uh, least we can do is to raise that voice, uh, and of course, more uh, we should do. But I'm very fortunate, and that was a very enlightening conversation, and I'm I'm very glad that it's. Uh, that inspired you uh, further to take uh, on this beautiful journey where uh, you know you've had some fantastic conversations that I've been hearing and you know you're a very inspiring man and you know I, I'm I feel fortunate that I was a little part of that uh, that journey. Yeah, man, you were you were the you were the you were the the, the beginning of the journey. So and again, kindling, I, little kindling. The fire was, is all there, right. but little kindling. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you just need that little spark. Right? That's yeah, it, man. Know. That's it. That's yeah. it. So. And I was because I I was I was mildly hesitant to do because I knew that I was un, I was uncertain of where I would go with that, because articulating um, again, early stage sort of George Floyd thing. And if we're not careful, just like you you mentioned about 9-11 and how it becomes like, you know, again, so a, a celebration, it sort of becomes trivialized in a very curious way and i would say that the same thing a year you know only a year ago george floyd and those protests and stuff have all sort of piped down and ironically if you look at the facts um the same rate of you know uh uh unarmed you know black men being killed or accosted by the police that number has not slowed down or was altered at all as a result of all that's been done, been going on. In fact, just when we look at what's going on in Texas and the voting rights stuff, it seems even more emboldened uh, the moves to uh, suppress or to oppress uh, people of color. And and uh, it you know so it. We're still in it, man. It's nothing was resolved. You know what I mean? Nothing was resolved. And it's just, it's just so uh, maddening. Uh, And that's this idea of America that I, uh, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say I was not America crazy. I mean, India is a, uh, is a great country in its own right. Like I was not uh, fleeing oppression or anything. But when I came here I, mm-hmm. and things have changed so much even in 2007 when I came here I found it to be I came to Washington DC and I found it I found it exciting I found it different I found people uh, I saw people like I came to New York and all people of all uh, color and type and all we are here and uh, it, it's so much uh, under the surface like you know it's like ingrained that you don't observe it until you start looking for it right you know mm-hmm. just I'm here I'm like okay it's just uh it's happening and I, sometimes I'm racially profiled or something like that. Ah, it's okay. I mean, you know, but it's not okay. We just, uh, we just, you know, we live with it and we start thinking it's okay. Right. Because, you know, it's right. happening. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and then I, I, something that I felt that for the longest time, at least for many years in the beginning, for me, it was just fitting in with the white man. And I mean, you know, I have a lot of white friends and, you know, there's nothing against, but this idea of like, you know, somehow you have to, fit in with white people and then you're okay. And if you don't, then you're not okay. Then something's wrong. Right. And uh, as an immigrant and like, that's what 
Uh, and I had no shame in it. Like, I grew up in India, so I was a proud Indian, like proud brown man. But still, it was this idea of somehow that I have to be accepted right? Uh, to be here. And, you know, if a white person talks to you nicely, it's like, oh, wow. So, like, you know, this is like, such a good man. Why? You just, you know, why <laughs> right. are you a good man? Like, what, 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 what goodness have you brought in? But this is, I'm just saying that we are suppressed or uh, not just suppressed. It's just like normalized in a way that, we just don't realize how we are getting oppressed. Right, exactly. Which I found, uh, which I, when I started realizing it as a storyteller, when I started stepping out of my immediate corporate circle, because corporate circle is very different, right? I'm, I'm in there and we're together, but you, we go out for a lunch and I'm the one that has this team. I'm the, uh, you know, the manager, I'm the leader. I go out with the team and there's this one white person and the uh, waiter comes and brings the check to the white person. It's like, you know, like, yeah, I got you, man. It's it, it's it is crazy, and and you're right. It it just becomes sort of normalized and the American way. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we are here discussing. We are remembering September the 11th. Um, perspectives 20 years later with my good friend Art Srian. We'll be back in just a moment. Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and uh, we are back. Um, Art, I want to share a little story with you. This one I, I sort of transcribed from this 
9-11 one day, uh, what was the name of the program again, the One Day in America National Geographic series. I highly recommend folks take a look at that. It's probably about four or five parts, um, but very, very powerful. And it's some of these individuals' um, stories, again, ones that I had not heard. These were not the handful that we heard over and over in the news uh, over the last 20 years. This one story just grabbed me in such a way that I, I wrote it out, I transcribed it because I wanted to share it with the audience today. Um, and so here we go. A man whose important business meeting had, been, had just been changed uh, to the Marriott at the World Trade Center location the day before recalls I smelled kerosene in the hotel lobby. So I walked over to the revolving doors and looked out. I couldn't figure out what was happening. I, and, I, and I saw a woman coming through the haze with her hands out. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me what was wrong with her. As I went closer to her and she walked to me, I could see she was badly burned. And I could see that she was still smoldering. So I brought her into the lobby and I sat down with her. I sat her down by the wall. She said she couldn't see and uh, that there was a ball of flame. And her eyes were like pretty much burnt shut. So after a minute or two, and after I could get her calmed down a little bit, I asked her her name. She said her name was Jenny Ann Matteo. And she said she was on her way to work. And then she said, Holy Jesus, Mother of God, don't let me die. She said, help me, don't let me die, help me. When I was on the floor with Jenny Ann, I held her hand and I yelled numerous times for EMS and emergency services for help. Nobody was coming. People were just running by one after another and I got concerned. So I ran into the bathroom, pulled a clean plastic bag and I filled it with water and patted Jenny Ann down with it. And I could see that Jenny Ann's clothes were fused into her skin. And while we were on the floor and when there was no emergency help or aid coming and Jenny Ann was getting more and more concerned she was going to die, she said, Sacred Heart of Jesus, save me. I don't want to die. And I said, Are you Catholic? And she said she was. And I said, Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Man, um, that's tough stuff. Um, yeah. The trauma, I, I guess that's one of the things I'd like to discuss and, and, and sort of float by you, Art, is the trauma. When I think of 9-11 and what I witnessed and what it did to me, and I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, 
but again, very much kindred ground being in New York and worried about plenty of my people there and not, again, not knowing what the hell's going on with them. I, um, when I think about 9-11 and what lasting effect or what trauma do I experience, my own little version of PTSD, I can tell you very simply. When I hear the sound of a jet, a jet plane going above me and it sounds close, I drop into a panic. I immediately look up and I'm, I'm in like a defense posture, like run for cover, because I can hear that the plane, I can hear the jet, you know what I mean? And it's sort of whistling. It sounds way too close. And I'm, I'm fearful that it's, it's another incident about to occur. And I, and I, and I discovered that this morning as I was like sort of sitting up and really thinking about preparing for the show and just going, what out of that experience really gets under my skin? It's the sound of a jet plane, uh, the jet engines passing by too closely. You know, mm. so do you have any uh, any things that uh, I mean, of course, any things uh, from the 9-11 experience and even been here in America and, you know, the profiling certainly is a byproduct of this paranoia, but it's also the truth of America's racism <laughs> all along anyway, because it was profiling was going on not because of 9-11. It's been going on to certain communities forever. I'm very curious about what your experience is. I've done two shows on the anti-Asian hate crime stuff. And um, have you had any experiences relative to that, that business? Because, of course, the China flu pandemic, all of that stuff. I mean, again, you're eight, you are, you know, uh, you know, you're Indian, man. So, you, you I mean. Have, have yeah, you it's parts of that. It's, I mean, it's uh, yeah, as I said, like this is um, this whole uh, I mean, but to, to your earlier point, right now, I know that uh, this profiling and racism uh, was not uh, is not in any way, shape, or form byproduct of 9 11. It just um, just uh, <laughs> it just opened the opportunity for the oppressors to oppress more and some of that was required i'm not saying you know some of that was probably required with that was of course uh, steps had to be taken don't get me wrong but uh, it's uh, hasn't uh, american thing is uh, for the oppressor to use every opportunity to oppress more use that as how we can they can abuse that uh, to uh, and, uh, to benefit themselves and advantage uh, themselves and uh, propagate uh, that uh, agenda that that still exists of uh well, white supremacy and uh, you know uh and white privilege uh, you know and it is extending that white privilege further because all of these things affect the people of color right it doesn't affect the white white people it affects uh at least not the same way right uh, so uh, you know, so every everything becomes an opportunity for some some take it very seriously and for the right reasons and some of those are required patriot act Included, but I have friends who were uh, born and raised here. One of my friends, uh, uh, a filmmaker, just uh, published an article in, in the New York Magazine uh, th this week about her experience uh, growing up uh, uh, in in the middle of the country uh, during uh, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, during that time and how everything changed after that for her. Um, right. And, you know, and how she was taking a picture post 9-11. She was in very much in high school and was very much into photography and she got FBI. Uh, you know, somebody reported that FBI was in her house and, you know, her parents were questioned. They were questioned, why were you taking that picture? Because somebody reported a Middle Eastern looking girl was taking picture out in the fields. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, was that necessary? I, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, so uh, there has been like a lot of this uh, uh, unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, abuse of that, and you know, but uh, the racism in America is not new, right? I mean, you, uh, uh, you have uh, lived here, I'm gonna have probably experienced. It's been older than that, right? You know, it's just uh, uh, more and more. Uh, People are like with this uh, Asian uh, hate crimes recently. Uh, it has existed, but it just becomes, you know, another uh, community starts getting firsthand affected in that brutal way. Like the uh, African Americans and Black people in America have been on that, unfortunately, on that receiving end for so, so, so long from the days of slavery till date. And right. now uh, we have some, uh, some, uh, or, uh, a version of that oppression and hate and uh, whatever uh, wakes people up. Right, <laughs> right, so, exactly, uh, exactly. Right, whatever wakes people up. One thing that I would say that I, I think you and I can agree on, I always said that we are in this together. Uh, you know, if 9-11 can teach you something that, you know, uh, our spirit is strong uh, and 20 years past, you know, we, we are in this together, uh, black, brown, Asian, uh, and white as well. And if we don't live and fight uh, and support uh, each other together, it, it's just a downward path. But if uh, in that time for a moment, I think everybody was together. Uh, right, right. And sometimes okay. uh, it, that would unite us. But if we can just remember that feeling and unite each other with each other, it makes a much better world. Absolutely. You are correct, man. And uh, Art, man, it has been a wonderful, wonderful uh occasion to have you on the show i'm i really so appreciate your contribution and your uh perspective again very it's a it's a unique perspective and and uh you're right i think there's a lot of common a common ground and and it's refreshing to hear that again so uh i thank you for being here thank and you. i and i look forward to the next time that we can chop it up sir so thank you so much thank you thank you yeah, it's been a blessing. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.